Welcome to Maximizing Life in the Middle, a podcast featuring two people consciously living and loving as husband and wife, parents, and individuals working to make the most out of their lives. I'm Jay Taylor. And I am Aaron Taylor, and we are so happy that you are spending some time with us today. Welcome to Maximizing Life in the Middle, episode 16, where we're going to talk about youth sports. Such a fruitful topic to discuss. Our youngest son had a soccer tournament this holiday weekend, and one of the teams he played was not the most sportsmanlike team in the world um, during the game they were well let me say this there were three dads standing behind the line of parents watching the game arms folded actually yes their arms were folded <laughs> their chests were stuck out international they had that man simple yeah they had that very uh stereotypical body language that you would think of. And they were screaming at their players. They were yelling at the ref. They were complaining about our kids. At one point, they they were they were yelling, oh, there's a bunch of home cooking going on here because they were feeling that the ref wasn't calling the game fairly. And the interesting thing was they knew so little about the situation they were in that they didn't even realize that our team wasn't from the town that the tournament was in. So there's no home team advantage because neither one of us was the home team, but they were just so locked into their mentality way of thinking that they just assumed, well, if the calls are unfair, it's clearly because they're the home team. And so, and then there was another boy and these boys are nine and 10 years old. There was a boy on one particular boy on that team who stuck out to me because he was he had the same body language as the men behind us, the dads behind us, and he was arguing with the ref. I don't know how or why the ref didn't yellow card him and then throw him out of the game. I don't know why he didn't give yellow cards to the parents. I don't even know if refs have that ability. But I think they do have the ability to tell the parents they have to like go away from the game and not watch it, not be within shouting distance, yeah. I think. But anyway, um, the the boy, I assume, had to have been the son of one of these dads because he had the same body language. He was arguing the same stuff with the ref. And it was so sad to me to see this young boy acting like such a jerk. And clearly because he was... He's been taught that. So, you know, uh, when you suggested this topic, I actually... Rolled your eyes? Yeah, I, 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 well, hopefully I didn't roll my eyes really, but (laughs) I mentally groaned inside and rolled my eyes a little bit because as a 
as parents of kids who've been involved in youth sports now for over a decade, over a decade, and probably going on maybe even longer, uh, you know, 12, 12 years or something like that, maybe, maybe not quite that long, but, um, and then as somebody who's coached for even longer periods than that, 20 years even. Yeah. I, I hesitate to, to wonder what new could possibly be added to the chorus and dialogue of the problem with youth sports. And, you know, we all parents across parents across all sports and everywhere will will speak to the problems of it, but yet it continues to happen. I think, you know, I would even go so far as to say I think things reached ahead maybe a couple of years ago when you would hear a lot of stories about... Like true violence. True violence and stuff like this breaking out. But that's, I mean, that those are just, that's just aberrant, you know, kind of criminal behavior. We're talking about more just the... The, the kind atmosphere. of general atmosphere of, of things. And so, you know, some way I sort of wonder what we can actually add to a dialogue in that regard. Well, um, I had but, a couple of interesting things. But go well, ahead, you can finish. And then, so I guess one of the things that I thought, you know, is, is kind of to try and unpack, like, what's going on there. Like, what to sort of kind of pull pull out that the threads of that situation and kind of figure out like what are the various unique pieces both for you know for what's going on in that parent's head what's going on in the kid's head what's going on in the ref's head who's mm-hmm. sitting there doing that game what's going on in the heads of the other parents on the team what about the parents on our team? That's what a about lot of kids? questions. Right, it is a lot of questions. And, you know, maybe some of them are quick and maybe some of them are 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 deeper than, than we had necessarily the time to get into. But, you know, it's sort of, in my head, it's somehow maybe instructive to kind of like try and tease out like, you know, why didn't the ref hand a kid a yellow card? Why don't the parents on the other team say something. Why? Yeah, a lot of questions. But before we dive into all those really good questions, mm-hmm. uh, I want to add a few more things about the whole the whole situation. The dynamic. Yeah. Um, but I will say I was at, as you know, the Wisdom 2.0 Mindfulness in America Summit this mm-hmm. week. And one of the speakers said, because we were talking about you know, the issues, the very real issues and troubles that are in our country now. And he said something that was so poignant. The question, asking the right question matters a whole lot more than whatever the answer is. Right. So I think that's very interesting because when you're trying to figure something out, you the, the, the most powerful way to figure it out is to first know what the question is you're even asking. And make sure you're asking the right question so that you can come to the answer. So and that's that's just, interesting because in this quote-unquote exercise of unpacking. Or deconstructing, or deconstructing as Dr. Shefali would yeah. say. It's kind of asking 
Good questions. Or it's asking a different question. It's asking, as opposed to the very natural question, which is, why are those guys being such jerks? Um, And maybe there's probably valid reason for asking that question. But why, why all these other things? Right? Right. But before we go there, let me just add a few more things. Because... There are some... That's the second time you've said that. I know, but we keep going away from it. There are some... I walked away from that game displeased with what I saw. And then also I felt some uh, hope in the situation. So our son has been playing soccer since he was four on rec teams and recently travel teams and stuff. So he's been exposed to the soccer, quote-unquote, soccer world for the majority of his life at this point. Our league, and our older son played in this league, So, and I used to coach in this league. So I've been around this league for 10 years, and our league seems to me to be kind of effectively addressing this inappropriate behavior among coaches and particularly parents. And I'm feeling very encouraged by that. I saw a lot more uh, unsportsmanlike conduct on both sides, on both of the sidelines, coaches and parents, when our older son used to play than I do now. Our 10-year-old was so appalled by that game, it's all he could talk about on the way home. He was just appalled at what he saw. The other thing was the kids were pushing in the game. So this ref, for whatever reason, was very good about calling offsides. So if if a kid was two inches offsides, boom, that whistle would be blown. He was really good at catching that, where some other refs aren't. But for whatever reason, this ref didn't catch most of the pushing that was going on. And I think it was because he was really focused on the ball and where the ball was going and what the players with the ball were doing. But the pushing was going on where the ball wasn't. So I just don't think, I personally just don't think he caught the pushing because he was focused on the ball and maybe the pushing was going off, going on over here on the sides where the ball, where the action wasn't. So I think it was just a human error or choice that he made and what he was focusing on. You can't have your eyes on every kid on the field the whole game. It's right. just not possible. Well, and, you know, so that's, that starts to dovetail into... What's going on for each of the things. Yeah. But what I want to say is this team, because this was a huge, this is a huge tournament every year, this team that we were playing, so he played three games that weekend, last weekend. Two of the games were fair... Fairly close, fairly competitive, no unsportsmanlike conduct. The kids all played hard on both sides. The parents were well-behaved. The refing was pretty decent. They were just good games, just enjoyable for everybody. Our son's team lost all the games, so that was a bummer. But overall, they were decent games. This particular game was played with a team who isn't even in our league the other two teams we played are in our league. And when you say in our league, you don't mean like in our league in terms of talent. You just mean in our local area. Our soccer league. Yeah. They are from the northern part of the state. 
Right. So they drove about an hour to get to this or whatever to get to this tournament. And so they're not in the same soccer league. Mm -hmm. And so it made me, when I was thinking about this weekend, it made me realize that our son was so appalled at this behavior because he hasn't been exposed to it. He's been playing in this league for a couple of years now, and he all the teams that we've faced, that his team has faced, I don't like to say we. I keep trying to correct myself because I am not a player. I'm only a parent in that situation. All the teams that his team has faced have had good sportsman-like conduct, good behavior, competitive, try hard, but don't try and take out the other team when the ref isn't looking, that kind of stuff. So I think that our league, and our league makes the parents sign a code of conduct and the kids sign a code of conduct, and like they really strongly emphasize the behavior they expect out of their coaches, their parents, and their athletes. And I think it's actually working. They started putting these things into effect in this league when our older son was used to play. And and I think it's actually starting to work because we've seen very good sportsmanlike behavior. And this other team from this other league was just terrible. Now, you can't generalize the behavior, the, the atmosphere of an entire league by seeing one team. I know that. But... That team sure does give their league a really bad reputation. They're the visiting team, the visiting league, you know, coming from a different league far away to this town that's not ours, that's hosting it, but is in our soccer league. So they're giving their league and their team a horrible reputation of just being complete jerks. And so I felt encouraged that it seems like there's a little bit of progress that's been made over the last 10 years in my experience as a coach and a parent watching these games. So I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to make that point that it, I felt very encouraged by that. So um, the, the other point that I wanted to make is as I thought about these parents... Well, a couple of things. When we were leaving, I heard one of the parents of one of the kids on the other team, he had, they had stopped walking down the path towards the parking lot, and they were off to the side in the grass. And I heard the other parent kind of, like, kind of reaming his son out. You're on this team, and you need to work hard, and what you did in that game is not acceptable, and blah, 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 blah. And I wondered... What is it like to be on that team? And I wondered if I lived in that town and that was the team that was available for our son to play on. And I didn't know anything about them. And he tried out, made the team. And he, and then we, we walk into this, this team and this game situation and everybody is carrying on like this. What would I do? Would I pull my son off that team? Would I try to tolerate it through the season? That's an interesting question. I don't think I would be able to tolerate it. I think I'd have to pull him off the team. Even if he wanted to play and he didn't want to stop playing with his friends or what have you, I think I'd pull him off the team. That's what I think thinking about it now. I feel so strongly about the value and the benefit and the beauty of youth sports 
that it, and it's so easily tarnished and ruined for kids that I would not leave my child on a toxic team like that. And so if you're a parent in that situation, what do you do? Well, you have to make your own decisions, but if you don't raise your child like that, do you really want to put them in a bathe them, marinate them in an environment like that where everybody's so intense and so cutthroat and so nasty and so we're in this to win and nothing else matters. Do you really want to leave your child marinating in that kind of environment? I wouldn't. So it's it's really interesting. I, I really tried to think through what it would be like to be in those situations. And if I was a coach on that team, I would quit. I'm not a quitter. You know I'm not a quitter. I don't we don't encourage our kids to quit. You know, see it through. If you don't like it, see it through for that season or whatever it is, and then you don't have to sign up again, but you made the commitment, you better see it through. There's only been one time that I ever pulled our kid, one of our kids off a team, and that was again a coach situation. The coaches, it was our older son with baseball, and he was so miserable on that team. The coaches only focused on what the kids did wrong. The talent level of the team was not incredibly high, and all they wanted to do was hammer these kids about what they screwed up on. They didn't want to raise them up or lift them up or inspire them to be better or to try harder. They just wanted to hammer them down and beat them up about all that they screwed up in every single game. And it was so toxic and so detrimental, and it made him so miserable, I pulled him. And I wrote, I, wrote the, I wrote the coaches a letter, and the head coach wrote a scathing letter back to me. Of course, he couldn't see any of his role in this situation. He said I was a, a whiny, complaining mother, and... I had I should take the diaper and the and the pass the diaper off of him and the pacifier out of his mouth. He was fourteen at the time, thirteen maybe. And it was a very sad state of affairs that this person couldn't see the what he was doing to those kids. All of them they after they would get yelled at about a mistake, they would make three more mistakes in a row because they were under so much pressure to not get yelled at again that they couldn't even function properly. They couldn't perform their job. That's no kind of way to inspire greatness in a child and an athlete. Sports has so many amazing opportunities for kids. They can learn about teamwork, perseverance, dedication, commitment, hard work. They can learn about overcoming obstacles and and figuring out how do you how do you overcome something that's been a thorn in your side a particular skill in a sport or when you're having a bad day how do you overcome it when you've got a negative thoughts in your head how do you push them out to focus on the game and not get that get sucked down with your your doubt or your lack of confidence. It builds confidence. It makes them strong. It makes them healthy. It helps them to be healthy. I mean, there are so many good things about sports. I, I can't even, I won't have time right now to list them all, but those are some of the big ones. But then a, 
a, a toxic parent, a toxic coach, they can just erase all of that goodness and just just teach the child all that's wrong in the world. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it transformed there for a little while from a dialogue into a monologue. I'm sorry. I, you know how I feel about this stuff. I'm passionate about it. And, yeah, I, I obviously. Um, but so what? And I mean, I, I, I know that sounds really confrontational and kind of dismissive, but you and every other parent I've ever talked to when any concept of the sports thing comes up at a party or at a or at a conversation event, whatever a conversation everybody everybody's got the same story everybody's do you think those those three dads with their arms folded is telling that same story when they go to a party um they're going to have a slightly different version aren't well, they well maybe they have a slightly different version but maybe their narrative is the refs are against us. We're the victims. Or how bad they're how bad the refing is. The refing is awful. They should just the, be fired. You know how bad the refing is in soccer. Why can't they just get a good ref? I played soccer. I for, know. I know because I was in this sport, or I, or or maybe the narrative, or maybe the narrative is. Our team's really good. They got these kids. They are learning grit and determination, and they go after it. And they, you know, they are focused on the job. And the coaches are really lifting them up. Their skills are so much better. We want we went to a tournament down in South Jersey, and we won every game because our coaches are really teaching our kids to play hard, hard, determined, aggressive, aggressive soccer. I mean, these kids are learning how to get it done. Now, if you weren't at that, if you weren't at that, if we didn't witness, game, if I didn't witness it, it would sound. It could and you sound listen good. to that. On the other, sh- that sounds. Oh my God! Our coaches—they are just—they're just making they push our, kids, our kids. They're pushing better. our kids. They're making them better. Better at what? Well, <coughs> well no. Better forget it. Forget. Forget your perspective. I know it's a mindset and a perspective. One thing when that you I go, said, wow, that's great. I, you know, yeah. I'm glad that they have good coaching. One thing that I said to our son because he was really struggling with this, he was really angry after the game. And the other thing was, the other team it was three to two. The score and score was three to two. I, I don't want to hear about this ending part. I mean, I've heard I've heard this story about the ending part two or three times. We had no idea. If that's what you're about to bring up. I don't know what you're How the game about. ended with the disallowed goal. Yeah, the the our our child not not our child. A a child on our team kicked the ball as the ref was blowing the whistle. Like it was almost it almost felt simultaneous. So was it a millisecond before the ball was kicked, a millisecond after, who knows? It was close enough that the ref decided that the game had been that the whistle was blown before the ball was kicked, so didn't allow the goal. So it would have ended up tie score, 
it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day what the score was. But what I said to our son, who was really struggling, he was, he was, he was upset that they lost the game. He was upset that the that the goal didn't count. But that was just a part, a little tiny piece of it. He was really upset with the way that game went on, with the way the kids were pushing, the way the parents were screaming, the coaches, and just what a toxic environment that was. He was very shocked because he's not exposed to that thankfully very much and I said to him you know in the scorebook on this tournament that game goes down as a win for that team but I say it's a win in the book of life for your team because your team didn't sink to their level your team didn't try and slide tackle their kids and take them out your parents didn't start screaming at everybody your coaches didn't act like jerks Everybody maintained respectable behavior, sportsmanlike behavior, and that's what takes you places in life. Only if, only if, while doing all those things, they continue to compete. Now, it's a little different. Well, they did in that game. Of course. They didn't give up. They didn't just put their tail between their legs and walk off the field. Or not walk off the field, but you can put your you can put your tail between your legs and still stand on the field. We've seen this happen with our we've seen this happen with our kids. We've seen this happen where the level of intensity of another group of player athletes can shut them down. Ramps up. And they shut down. And then you lose. That actually means you lose. Because in life... It, so if we talk about sports as a microcosm, some kids will go on... I already agree with you, but go ahead. Right. Some kids will go on and become great athletes. And they will excel in their sport. And I think it's probably highly unlikely. But maybe somewhere on that field on Saturday, or whatever day it was, there was a kid who will go far. In soccer. And by far, I mean, if a kid plays in college at a major soccer program, that's plenty far enough. He doesn't have to go to the Olympics, he doesn't have to play professional soccer. But if you play for your sport at relatively high-level college, that's that's far. But it's probably unlikely. The odds would say... Especially with the number of kids who play the soccer. Who play soccer. The odds would say it's unlikely. It's highly unlikely. Right. So... Then what is it about? Well, it's about enjoyment. It's about fun. It's about the activity. Yes. But then it's about what can it teach. Right. And. What life skills. In life. In your job. In your everyday life. In your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. At the grocery store. (coughs) You are going to encounter people. Major toxicity. Yeah. And we're not even going to try and characterize that as good, bad, or indifferent. You don't know. We never know the other side of the story. But maybe just a difficult situation. Maybe a personality that's fine normally and is in a bad situation. Or a bad mood. Yeah, difficult interactions. You're going to come across challenging interactions with other people. There you go. And what do you do? And how do you navigate them? Right? Do you turtle up? Suck it up? Deal? Eat the crow, whatever the case may be. And certainly in some situations, that might be the right thing. Do you speak out? Do you stand up? And we've had this conversation before, you and I. Um, And then, or do you take some 
middle path of firm, sturdy resistance in the sense of your, you know, what, what you believe is right and doing what you're going to do in, uh, in a correct methodology and not shrinking away, but also probably not meeting negative energy for negative energy, right? There's, there's some, there's some spot where you walk a line of, of sort of firm non-reactivity, but you certainly aren't altering your, uh, let's say path or your, your bent or whatever. And, yes. and if that is what they did, great, because that's a very, very good lesson. We've seen it happen the other way many, many times in sports. We've seen other groups of kids come in, not even with demonstrative parents or negative coaching or bad energy, but just literally a group just of a kids. just a better team. Or not even a better team, but maybe, maybe, but more, maybe a more intense team, maybe a team that is more willing more and physical. more committed to being physical players. And not even from a quote unquote <clears throat> bad standpoint, yeah, they're just more just, physical. Right. And we've seen if not all the other kids on the team, at the very least, our kid. Well, certainly our kid. At our times. kids all have a tendency to shrink away from that kind of aggressive intensity. Right. It's just in their natures. Yeah. And and that's not the answer, at least in sports. Forgetting about negative toxicity of parents or messaging or anything like that. But when you are playing a sport, right? When the the physicality of it ramps up, the you, answer is... You need is, to try to ramp it up, too. The answer is never to shrink away. Right. I mean, if it's just blatant, they're it's trying cheating, to harm no, you... I'm not talking about... I'm not talking, about, I'm not talking right. about... That's different. And you don't want to ramp it up to, like, try to injure the other players. No, never. But, but. yes, you, you need to ramp it up and meet their intensity with your own level of intensity to the degree that you're capable. Right. Because that's what sports are all about. Now, that doesn't necessarily apply in real life because... No, physicality in real life is almost always... No, just intensity. Intensity, I mean. Because, you know, Dr. Shafali always says... Yeah, well, I think this originally came from... Eckhart Tolle, maybe, or I don't even know who said it originally, but you have three choices in any situation. You can accept it, change it, or leave it. Any situation, any relationship, anything. Accept it, change it, or leave it. The most important and most challenging uh, requirement as an individual is to develop the discernment to know which of those is the best choice in each unique situation. Agree. Um, but yes, in sports, you always want to try to get to your highest level of ability and performance so that you can do your best. Yeah. Again, I, you know, and I know we're butting up a little bit against a length of issue. And I, I feel like there is plenty of room to maybe cover this topic because I really do think that there is something to be gained by digging through this experience in a okay so let's let's put our shoe let's put our feet in the shoe. Are you shoes. saying that we should do a part two of this I episode? I feel like I feel because we like, didn't get to ask your important questions. Well, after your 20-minute... Harangue? Harangue. 
It wasn't 20 minutes, but I... My monologue. Yeah, your monologue. It turned into a monologue. I left the room for a while. I didn't Not work, really. But <laughs> <clears throat> I feel like there's... I feel like there's a fun exercise that we could go through to put ourselves in the respective shoes. Let's do that. I think that would be a great part two to this. Because if we do it now and talk about it for two minutes and then have to stop, it will mess up the flow. Right. So why don't we say that we'll reconvene for episode 17, part two, asking the right questions. Episode 16, point part two. Well, episode seven, it's still going to be episode 17. It'll just be part two of this topic. Yes, there you right? go. It's still episode 17. It's episode 16.2, but it, these are semantics. Too complicated. Yeah. We will come back. Hopefully, you'll still be with us. And if you <coughs> join us on episode two of this, you'll just know to tag back to episode one so you understand where we're going with it. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Ciao for now.